Well, if you brought your Bibles tonight, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Lamentations. I always have trouble saying it. It's right after Jeremiah, right? So I want to start with an L immediately after Jeremiah. The book of Lamentations. I want to start in the third chapter. All right, so if you'll just cut to the middle or a little more towards the, towards the back than the middle, you'll be pretty close to the book of Lamentations. Right, it's right after the book of Jeremiah. I want to go to the. Th- I want to start in the third chapter, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to uh, want to drag y'all over the Bible tonight. Maybe I've got more scripture to to read and preach to you than things for me to say. And that's probably uh, that's probably for the best. Um, Lamentations, chapter three. I'll give you a minute longer to find it. Um, I don't know um, that I have, like I said, a lot, a lot for me to say to you tonight. I've got several scriptures uh, for you. I was just sitting there, I was thinking the, the church I was at when I answered my call to preach, there was a deacon there, and he used to always say, and he, would, he was joking, but he wasn't, he was serious. He always would say, if you can't say it in 12 minutes, you're not going to be able to say it in 30 minutes either. And uh, <laughs> that was always his rib and his joke about preachers preaching too long. Uh, but there's some truth to that. Uh, I sit down, and, and that's the first thing. That's what I told Devin. Uh, that's the first thing I tell any preacher that uh, has answered their call to preach under me or will um, allow me to talk with them and share them with them a few things I know, is uh, a few things the Lord has taught me, is really your sermon if you can't sum it up in one, two sentences of the most, that should be the rarity. You should be able to say it in a sentence. If you can't say it in a sentence, I've got a question whether you got anything to say at all. Right? Too many times, too many preachers get up and they just ramble. Right? And they just run on. And they just say whatever comes to mind. Right? And whatever, you know, happens to pop in their mind, just something to fill the time. Uh, well, anyway, to, uh, my point tonight, right? Say it in one sentence. Well here, well, here it is for you. Waiting on the Lord is good for us. All right? Waiting on the Lord is good for us. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26 says, It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Let us pray together. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here tonight to worship you together. Thank you, Lord, for all the good songs that went forward tonight, the gospel message that we've heard in those songs. We thank you, Lord, for the words of encouragement. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings you poured out on us, everyone who's come out tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the roof you put over our head. Lord, you've just been so good to us. But we thank you most of all tonight for your son, Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him and give him today, uh, that you sent him and give him so that we might have life. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for just the blessings that you poured out, but that one most of all. And Lord, my prayer tonight is is that you would just continue to move amongst your people. God, you know our hearts, you know our needs, you know where we stand, you know what is going on in our lives, you know what we're dealing with. And so Lord, I just pray tonight, Lord, that you would just move in our midst in a mighty way. God, that you would stir our hearts 
Lord, that you'd have your way and your will in our service tonight, but not just in our service, Lord. If it was the end there, then what good was it? Lord, but you would continue to have your way and your will in our lives as we leave here tonight, as we go back to our homes, as we go about our days tomorrow. God, continue to stir our hearts. Lord, continue to direct our paths. Lord, let us be a people who would quietly wait upon you and a people who would desire to hear from you and a people who would follow you when you speak to us. God, have your way and will in our midst and we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. God, we love you. God, we worship you. God, we praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I want to preach to you tonight, right? I I told you it's good for us to wait on the Lord. Uh, And that might seem a bit odd uh, for me to say that. Uh, But I want to talk tonight about waiting on the Lord. Now, I know no one enjoys waiting. Uh, I am not one to stand up here and claim that I am a man of great patience because I am not. I am uh, I'm impatient. I expected an amen out of that from back there, but I am I <laughs> I am impatient. I am terribly bad to be about you know if I say or I want something done or whatever. I feel like it needs to be done right that moment, you know. Uh, if I want something, I want it right now. I don't want to wait on anything. I don't like to wait in line. I don't like to wait on the phone. Uh, you know, it, 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 we can probably uh, agree that no one enjoys waiting, right? No one enjoys waiting, going to the post office and waiting in line at the post office to go to the bank, to wait in line at the bank, to go to Walmart, to wait in line at Walmart, and so on and so forth, right? Uh, to get a home and to find out that you got some problem with the uh, maybe you know the phone company or the electric company or the you know whatever right uh, in some place that you've got to call just to be put on hold there and just to wait right wait 30 minutes to get somebody right I went through this just the other night right I was uh, uh, calling a, a, about a purchase I'd made Call, uh, called uh, the, that company, and, and anyways, they, uh, I had to be on hold to wait to talk to somebody. Then once I got a hold of somebody and talked to them, they said, can we put you on a brief hold? 38 minutes later, they come back on the phone. It still didn't have things taken care of. Nobody enjoys waiting. But you know what? Sometimes God makes us wait, and sometimes it's good for us. To have to wait a little bit. You know, when we pray, we expect an answer right then, don't we? And really, it, you know, we, we expect a yes or no answer. But you know, sometimes God's answer is wait. Just wait. So, let me share with you some things tonight. And this is where I'm going to drag you all over the Bible. On why. Now, I'm not going to cover everything i know that but i've just got a few that i want to share with you tonight or i believe the lord would want me to share with you why should we wait what does waiting do for us well i started out very in general with this scripture here right waiting is good for us that's what it says right here Uh, lamentations uh 326 says it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Why is it good for us to wait? Well, it teaches us patience. 
It's, you know what else it does, right? I mean, that's something that we've all got to learn, right? We've got to learn patience, right? Uh, why, why does it... Well, I, this is probably not a perfect example, right? But so many times, right, I, I watch the little... Or I watch... I don't actually watch them. Jennifer watches the babies that she babysets. But sometimes I observe some of their behaviors and some of the things that, that they do, right? And, and so often they just need to learn patience, right? And I've seen, I've seen them, I don't know how many times, have a meltdown, you know, just because they, they need to wait, right? They just need to wait. They've got to wait their turn. They've got to wait in line, right? They've got to wait while Jennifer's attending to one before she can attend to the other or whatever, you know, and I've seen them, I, I mean, all kinds of things, and I can tell you all kinds of stories. But anyways, we're not so much different, right? It teaches us patience. We need to learn to patiently Wait on the Lord. And you know what else it does? Sometimes it gives us time to see that maybe we didn't need what we thought we needed. The very thing that we were seeking the Lord for and we thought we had to have at that moment or have an answer to at that moment, a little bit of time and we realize that maybe we didn't need that at all. Maybe we weren't even asking the right question. What else does it do? Well, if you flip over to Psalms chapter 27, let me read to you from there. Psalms chapter 27, if I can get turned there, and I'll read to you the 14th verse. What is it that waiting does for us? Well, Psalms 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Waiting will strengthen our hearts. That's what the scripture says. Waiting will strengthen our hearts. It says here, be of good courage. It takes courage to trust God while you wait. Now think about it just just for a minute, right? It takes courage, right? That's why he says be of good courage. It takes courage to trust God enough to wait on him. Right? Whenever we think, and you might be thinking, uh, uh, maybe you're thinking material things, but stop and think health for a minute. What about if it's your health, right? And you feel like you're crying out to the Lord in that moment right then, and you feel like you need an answer right now, right? You need God to intervene right now. You need God to move and to heal or whatever the case may be right now. And the answer comes back, wait, right? It takes courage. To trust the Lord, to wait on Him, right? Uh, so we're the type that we want it right now, right? We're an instant society, right? It is. We no longer live in a, in a time where. Who here? Anybody here got a got a TV guide in your house? Do they even print TV guides anymore? What do we do? We watch what we want to watch when we want to watch it. We've kind of been doing that with VCRs and then DVDs for years. 
And now, we, now we've got a time where we've got Netflix and Hulu and, and, and every uh, network out there has got their own streaming service. And, and, and you, don't, you no longer have to know that your favorite program comes on at, at you know, 7 o'clock on Friday nights on, you know, Channel 3 or 10 or whatever, you know, or, or cable channels, the History Channel or whatever, right? You can use our streaming service. A lot of times you can go there around. You can, you can live stream it right then when it's playing live or you you can play it at your convenience after that, right? Whenever you want, right? We live in a day and a time in a society where we don't wait on anything, right? Everything is instant access right now, right? Right when we want it. So waiting does not come easy for us. But the scripture tells us that our heart, hearts are strengthened by seeing what God does when we leave it in his hands, right? When we leave it in his hands and we wait upon the Lord and we have patience, that is something that God uses, strengthens us spiritually. What's, a, what's another thing that waiting on the Lord does for us? Uh, the book of Jeremiah, right? I guess I should have took you there earlier, right? We was right there by it. Jeremiah chapter 14 and verse 22. Jeremiah 14.22 says, Are there any among the vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Art, art not thou he, O Lord our God? Therefore we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all these things. Waiting on God reminds us that God is the one in control, right? God is the one that is in control. I don't care how much the, the so-called experts try to tell us uh, that man can control the weather. Man cannot control the weather. Man has never been able to control the weather, right? They've tried all kinds of things, and they'll do things, right, uh, to try to control the weather. But ultimately, the weather is an act of God. I think I said this just last week. If you don't believe me, consult your insurance policy. It will tell you right there. There's a certain clause for things that are an act of God. It's all weather-related events. And if he's in control of the weather, right, he's in control of all of creation. He controls our circumstances, too. And you know what? Sometimes God allows us to be in circumstances that force us to realize that we are not in control. You ever thought about that? Sometimes he allows us to be in circumstances. And we cry out to him. And really what we're doing when we're crying out to him is we're trying to control the circumstances still yet. Right? It's beyond what I can do or what you can do. So I can twist God's arm. Right? That's what we're thinking. And get God to do what we, what we want done. So we try to use God still yet to control the circumstances. But sometimes God says, no, not right now. Just quietly wait. Wait upon the Lord. He's trying to force us to realize that we're not in control. Right? He's just trying to remind us that He is the one that is in control. And it's hard for us to be patient and to patiently trust in the Lord and be of good courage and wait upon Him. But that's, church, that's just exactly what we need to do, right? We need to learn to wait. 
We need to learn that he is in control. We need to learn to be patient and be okay with whatever it is. Uh, you know, I went down to, I went with Jennifer and the kids, and there's some others that, that went down to Silver Dollar City yesterday. And uh, they, the little wilderness church down there, they had a service in it. Uh, and uh, I went over there to the church service, and it was just a singing service. They didn't have any preaching. I thought about getting up and preaching them a message, but they might not have appreciated that. I don't know. But they, they, had, a little, they had a little singing service in there. It was just, we all had hymnals, and we all just, it was kind of like congregational singing, you know. There was different people that made requests, and we'd sing them. And so anyways, they closed with, the, the lady that was leading the singing, playing the piano, closed with, It Is Well With My Soul. And she told the story about the, uh, the gentleman who had uh, written uh, that hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And uh, I hadn't ever really thought about it. I didn't know the history. I didn't know the background. And just to make it real quick, and I hope I retell it right, but this would have been, I I'm guessing, 1800s from the way the story went. But anyways, this man, the man who wrote it, was, uh, lived at him and his family, lived in Chicago. He was a businessman. He sent his wife, and he had four young girls, four daughters, and actually, they were all supposed to go on vacation somewhere over in Europe. They were supposed to go on vacation. And he had some business that come up at the last minute, and he could not leave Chicago. He had to attend to that business. So what he decided to do was he sent his wife and his daughters uh, on ahead with plans to meet them. And so as his wife and his four little girls are crossing the Atlantic Ocean, uh, they actually collide with another ship, and their boat sinks. Their, their passenger freight liner sinks, and almost everybody on the ship dies, drowns and dies. There was only 20 survivors out of, I forget how many hundred was on there, but there was only 20 survivors. His wife, Anna, was actually one of the survivors, but all four girls drowned. They died. And his wife nearly died. They transported her and she spent time in a hospital in Wales and then they transported her on over to France. He, as he is headed over on a ship to be with his wife, to meet her and be with her and try to take care of her and then bring her back home, as he is crossing the Atlantic when they come to the spot of the shipwreck, shipwreck the captain come to him and told him this is where it happened. This is, this is where the shipwreck took place. And that right there on that spot is where God gave him the song. It is well with my soul. I never had looked at the words so close until after, she, until after I knew the story in the background and I began to look at it. And basically what he was saying was even though I don't understand what is happening and what is going on, God, whatever you decide, it is well with my soul right? I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with it. Sometimes we just have to wait on the Lord. And He's in control and we're not in control. And we've got to learn how to be at peace of that, with that. And it is well with my soul. If we turn back to the Psalms again and look at Psalms chapter 37, we'll see the next thing I wanted to share with you as to why it's good for us to wait on the Lord. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. 
you know, there's a couple thoughts there that we need to understand. One, he's saying don't get wound up because somebody who's not serving the Lord, somebody who is wicked or doing ungodly things because they, it appears that they're doing well. Just be patient. Wait upon the Lord. You know, it starts out by saying rest in the Lord. That makes me think about waiting can be a time of rest. As we wait upon the Lord, it can be a time of rest. But understand that resting is not the same thing as being idle. Right? We have got convinced in our minds that if we rest, right, if we're going to rest in the Lord, uh, if we're just as the scripture tells us here, that that means to be idle and do nothing. That's not what this is at all. I would compare it more like this. It's kind of like the, the time out in a game. Right? What is, what is, the, what is the, when a coach calls a time out? Right? What is this happening there? It's not just a time to be for the players to be idle and do nothing. Yes, it gives the players a time to catch their breath, a chance to catch their breath, but what they're doing is they're getting uh, the instructions for the next play for what they need to do, right? They're getting instructions from the coach. Sometimes that's the kind of rest, the kind of time out that we need. We need time to rest, to catch a breath, to refocus on what's important and to receive instructions from the Lord. What else? Well, turn a page or two to Psalms chapter 40 and verse 1. Chapter 40 and verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. I want this message tonight to be a word of encouragement to you. Uh, and, uh, and I said that, and that's what I really mean. But really what matters is what God wants. But I believe that's how, that, uh, you know, so however God deals with your heart, then that's how it needs to be. But I want you to understand, right? This psalm says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry right what does waiting do for us well those who wait get hurt that's what the scripture says here that should encourage us to wait on the lord to wait patiently on the lord right sometimes we need to wait patiently because we're not ready for the answer you ever thought about that before? Sometimes we're just not, we're not, it's not that God doesn't know what's going to happen, right? God knows everything. What does he not know? It's not that God's not still in control. He's still in control. Sometimes the problem is not, you know, we're praying and we're asking God to do something or we're asking for an answer to something, right? We think something needs to happen right now. We think we need to know what needs to happen right now. But the truth is it's us. It's us that's not quite ready, right? Not quite ready for an answer yet. Let me share one more with you tonight. Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, and verse 18. Isaiah 30, 18 says, And therefore will the Lord wait... Right? And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted. 
that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Blessed are all they that wait for him. If I would have read one verse earlier where I started, right? I think it's one verse earlier in Lamentations uh, chapter 3 and verse 25. It says, The Lord is good unto them that wait on him, to the soul that seeketh him. Right? Wait, I told you a while ago, right, that waiting on the Lord, right, is not being idle. Resting in the Lord is not the same thing as being idle. But the scripture tells us those who will wait on the Lord, those are the ones that are blessed. Um, I come across something a while back that I wanted to share with you tonight. Um, There was a New York Times article. Uh, it, what it was about was it told how the executives at a Houston airport had solved the problem with passengers complaining about long waits for their, where they pick up their luggage, right? Uh, baggage claims is what that's called. And so anyways, look, I, I've got it written down here. Let me just read this to you. A New York Times article told how executives at a Houston airport solved passenger complaints about long waits at the baggage claim. They first decided to hire more baggage handlers, reducing wait times to an average of eight minutes. But complaints persisted. This made no sense to the executives until they discovered that on average, passengers took just one minute to walk to baggage claim, resulting in a hurry up and wait situation. Can I pause there for just a minute? Any of you who's been a truck driver will know just exactly that is the, that is the trucking industry. Hurry up and wait, and nothing can be more frustrating. So, anyways, anyways, hurry up and wait situation. The walk time was not a problem. The remaining seven empty minutes of staring at the ba- at the baggage carousel was. So they moved the arrival gates farther away from the baggage claim area. Passengers now had to walk much farther, but, had their, but their bags were usually waiting for them when they arrived. Problem solved. The complaints ended. <laughs> Can you imagine? But that's exactly how we are, right? That's exactly how we are. If you go on in that same article, uh, they interviewed the MIT operations researcher by the name of Richard Larson, right? Uh, he, he at the time was considered the world's leading expert on waiting in lines. I can't imagine, I can't believe somebody even studies that, let alone there is a world or a, a, a expert, right, in, in this. And so anyways, this Richard Larson, uh, L-A-R-S-O-N, was who that was. And so they interviewed him to discover uh, the thought process behind our waiting. According to this Richard Larson, the length of our wait is not what is important. Uh, It's not as important as what we're doing while we wait. Right? He was saying essentially we tolerate what he called occupied time. For example, walking to the to the baggage claim, right? We didn't have a problem with that. That was occupied time. We were doing something. We had something to do or they had something to do, right? So anyway, so he said that people tolerate 
occupied time much better than unoccupied time, right? Such as the only having to walk one minute but stand there for seven minutes while you're waiting. People would much rather, right? They don't complain. They don't see anything wrong. They have to walk the seven minutes if their bag is waiting for them when they get there. And so anyways, it gives what this occupied time does is it gives us something to do while we wait. And the wait all of a sudden becomes endurable. You know, I, was th- I read that, and maybe you're in your mind, you're not making a connection, but for me, I did. So often it seems like we have trouble waiting on God. That's the hardest thing for us, right, is to wait on God. Right? We'll try to force something to happen. We'll try to make something happen. Right? We'll go off on our own and do something. Uh, you know, sometimes it might be foolish or make a mess out of things. Sometimes we'll just, we'll just give up right? and quit or whatever the case may be. So, maybe. Maybe when we have trouble waiting on God... It's because it feels like that unoccupied time. There was just a one-minute walk to get the bag, but it was the seven minutes sitting there waiting on our suitcase that killed us. But we could walk eight minutes to get our suitcase and think everything was great and things were running good. Maybe I can't explain it well, but that just seems to fit so well with how we are with the Lord when it comes to waiting on the Lord. But you see, the unoccupied time, the standing there being idle, I think that's actually not the case at all. I think God is always at work around us. So here is my word of encouragement to you. If you feel like that maybe that's where you're at with the Lord, that you're just like idle, just waiting on God, Maybe you're missing what it is that God's trying to do or trying to get you to do. Right? Maybe you just need to look around and see where God is working and join him in his work. Right? We always need to be doing something for the Lord. Because just maybe, maybe we're not supposed to be standing by idle. Just maybe God's got something else he wants us to be doing. And maybe, maybe if we feel like we're the uh, angry truck driver that has had to lose sleep and rush and rush and rush to get to the appointment in order just to sit there and wait on them, you know, I trucked both before and after I got saved. I drove... Started out, me and Seth was talking, my brother, we were talking at lunch today, and, and he's just, he's got his first driving job, he's driving a concrete truck, and so he'd never had a driving job before or anything like that. Um, things were just different when he grew up and stuff, different circumstances than me, which there's a lot of age between us, and so, um, anyways, he was asking me questions and my advice, and I was talking to him. But it just made me it just made me think. I used to, Jennifer can tell, whenever I was driving over the road, I started out, that's what I started to say. I started out driving a dump truck, dump truck, and went the day I turned 18, I went and took my written test to get my CDL. 
uh, and then went just as soon as I could get an appointment and, and took my driving test and, and got my CDL. And so anyways, I, I've almost always had driving jobs. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I did. And, uh, but anyways, and then I started driving over the road. Driving over the road is when I really learned this hurry up and wait thing that I was just talking about. You got people, you got dispatchers calling you and they're nagging you and riding you, right? Got to hurry up and get there, hurry up and get there, hurry up and get there. And then you get there and of course maybe it was just the part of the trucking industry I was in. I was going to a lot of these, uh, these uh, you know, these grocery cold uh, warehouses and things like that. Places like AG that's in Springfield and stuff. And then you hurry up and get there and make their 5 a.m. appointment, and they don't even touch your truck until 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you know. You think, I could have got a decent night's sleep last night and drove like a normal person to get here, you know, and still been here in plenty of time to get my truck unloaded. That's just the way the trucking industry is, you know. I can remember whenever I was helping take care of, uh, of Centerpoint and was dispatching and just kind of doing everything over there, there was drivers that were new or never been a part of that kind of stuff and be so upset, and I'm like, guys, that's just the way it is that's just part of it and so whenever I was when I was driving through the first stretch and I was a lost person Jennifer can tell you man there was times that I would call her and I'd be so wound up and so mad I was about to blow a gasket you know because I've hurried up and waited and I'm sitting here and just waiting and waiting And then I decided I wasn't going to truck anymore. I'd quit. You guys know the story. It's when I moved here and got saved and working for the building supply. And then I just kind of got pulled back into the trucking. I didn't truck over the road like I did before. But one thing was a whole lot different. I'd get there and, you know, it'd be this hurry up and, and wait thing still, right? When I was driving for Dawn, uh, you know, hurry up, get there. But... You know, the one thing that was different, when I'd get it there and they wasn't ready for me and I had to wait or whatever, I'd think, this is perfect. I got time to read my Bible. I was the calmest, coolest person. Didn't bother me. Right? There'd be other drivers around there all bent out of shape and I'm, you know, just as happy as I can be. I went to, after that, I went to work driving. Uh, for Keith Murray during the fertilizing season, and I would uh, I would drive what they call these tender truck. What the tender truck would do is it was a big semi, right, and we'd come down here and get enough fertilizer to load all of his fertilizer trucks several times. And so what you'd have to do is you'd drive it, go back to the field, and then wait. And all them fertilizer trucks would come, and they'd load up, and then they'd go spread their fertilizer, come back, load up, and go spread it. Sometimes you have to wait. You'd have like one more load on there, and they'd come and get it, and all the other guys hated to drive the tender truck. And Keith would apologize every time I was driving the tender truck. I said, Keith, don't apologize. I can't believe you're paying me to sit there and study the Bible because I'm studying the Bible. I'm working on sermons. I love it, you know. And you're paying me for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This waiting thing? Man, it's all about what you're doing while you're waiting. So I don't know. I don't know what you're going through, what you're dealing, what you're facing. But can I repeat to you again my last point? Those who wait on the Lord are blessed. I can tell you that. Those that patiently wait upon the Lord 
are blessed. They are blessed beyond measure. Jennifer, will you come for a song of invitation? I want to give you an opportunity tonight. Um, I'm not, you know, I just want to give you an opportunity tonight. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, something you need to be praying about, I want you to come and pray. You want somebody to pray with you, I'd be glad to pray with you. Others will pray with you. Whatever the need is here tonight, all right? So as Jennifer begins to play a song of invitation, if you'll stand to your feet, I want to open the altar and invite you to come tonight. Whatever that need is, whatever the burden is, would you come tonight? Don't miss this opportunity. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come tonight? Whatever it is, would you come?